seems like every local in the valley here has a mountain bike. This sport is really exploding. I break the law. I ride illegal trip. And it's getting away from the cops, the cars, the concrete. Those Afaka is a Chinese down here. Using snowboarders together on a run, you're looking for trouble. You know, they get on skis and they just think they can overcome the world. The more you around, the more you're going to find out. I like to think that death is out of the question. The life starts at 40 miles an hour. You ride the chairlift for two or three weekends and you have to go like climb hills all week just to be even with God, you know? Welcome to Mind the Track with Palbot and Trail Whisperer, ramblings from the skin track in winter, single track in summer, celebrating the core lords and fostering the culture of mountain life in the Sierra Nevada and Great Basin. Today is October 1st, 2023, and you're listening to episode number 21. And by the way, thanks for listening. Help spread the word. Leave Mind the Track a rating and review and subscribe on Apple and Spotify. Got feedback or a core lord we should chat with? Drop us a line at mindthetrackpodcast at gmail.com, at mindthetrack on Instagram. Just go to our website at mindthetrack.com. And thanks to everyone who's been sending us suggestions, especially the most recent episode with Harrison Beal. Uh, It was great, and we appreciate folks reaching out to us with good ideas. So please keep them coming. I am the Trail Whisperer. We're here today at Studio TW on the banks of the Truckee River in beautiful Verdi, Nevada. And beside me is the professori of the pow, the director of the Powder Intelligence Agency and the United Shredders of Snow, the extra frothy Powbot. What's cracking? Well, it's snowing, so you're back to Powbot again. I, I, my internal powder switch turned on. <laughs> Froth Master Flex was what 2N Ben told me the other day. <laughs> You're just frothing. It's snowing. It's snowing. He's just excited that I'm I'm frothing because I want to ride my bike more to get in shape for ski season. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, I know. Yeah, he's like, you want to go on an extra long ride? So, yeah. Do you run, by the way? I don't. You don't run? Okay. I probably should start running. Have you ever run? Have you ever been a runner? High school soccer. That was the last time you ran? Yeah. Because I figured like with all the hiking that you do that you would cross train like trail run or whatever. I ride my mountain bike. That's the mountain bike is that for me. All right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I've never been in a, in the trail running. Have you? Yeah. Yeah. I ran cross country in high school. Um, I've never, I didn't, it was funny when I ran cross country in high school and it was three miles in high school, that was the distance, you know? And then when you got to college, it doubled. It went to like six miles. <laughs> and I was out. like, F that. <laughs> I mean, I was like hanging, barely hanging on at three miles. Cause you know, you have to run so hard. And I was just like, and by the time I got to college, I was really into biking anyway. I was racing bikes in college. So I, I just gave up on running cross country, but I never gave up on running. I, I love to run. What I love about running is so simple. You just put on some shoes and you go out the door and you run. And it's natural, right? I mean, humans have been running since the beginning of time. We're evolutionarily engineered to run. So I've always enjoyed it. I don't do it too much because I don't want to blow my knees out. Like all my friends who've run marathons and do out, done all these crazy runs, they're, they're on like their second hip or their new knee. Or, they, they, they all end up being cyclists at some point they, yeah they totally do or they get all this like bionic you know infrastructure in their bodies because they blew out a hip or a knee so i don't yeah i don't want to run that much but yeah i do i'd love to run in this time of year actually is when i start running 
to get ready for ski season. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. That's, so here we are. It snowed. It snowed. It's officially fall. And, uh, you know, this is the fall edition of Mind the Track. And with the other seasons, we've, uh, you know, played a little bit of music. And, uh, you know, this is Vivaldi's uh, third autumn movement one, Allegro. Third season. This is the third season that we've covered the season episode. Uh, I think fall is everybody's favorite season. Yeah. I, I you know, what I love most about fall is pumpkin pie. <laughs> pumpkin, I, pumpkin lattes. Pumpkin. No, no, no. So not pumpkin spice latte. None of that trendy crap. Just pumpkin pie, man, with ice cream or whipped cream. That is one of my favorites. Pumpkin, pumpkin pie with vanilla ice cream. Oh, my gosh. I'll go to the store. I don't ever buy pie, really, you know, but in the fall, I will go to the grocery store and come home with like a nine inch or 12 inch pumpkin pie with like whipped cream. And Swan John looks at me like I'm a fatty. Like, what are you doing? And I'm like, that's my tradition, man. I just eat pie in, you know, it's fall, man. Pumpkin pie. Well, if, come I, on. if I ever get off the hill from Tahoe and head down the hill, be sure to swing by Aikidas. Yeah, oh yeah. And get oh, yeah. you an Aikida pie, oh, Kurt. Those are the bomb. Aikida pies are the bomb. Those are the bomb. What else do you think of when when fall is in the air? What, what's your like what are your when you hear this music? I think I need to get ready for winter. <laughs> Stacking uh, firewood. Stacking and firewood, exactly. <laughs> cleaning out the gutters. Starting to cut down the garden. Oh yeah, that's right. The gar- I started that early this year. Is it is everything starting to kind of go go dead now? Or? No, not so much go dead. Things are starting to turn color in my garden, mm-hmm. and I've started early trimming things back. This yep. is an early year. I told you the other day those the stupid squirrels that I added to the list. Oh yeah, yeah. That I added to the list of a big signs of winter. Yeah, they've still the four squirrels sitting on a branch. <laughs> eating pine cones at your uncle's ranch like they've just gone <laughs> nuts at my house and i'm over it that's hilarious and i keep picking I, I see them doing their thing and i'm like i need to start cutting down my garden yeah cutting the garden you know the other thing too is the days get shorter which is kind of a bummer that's always the yeah. I, you know like and then by early november it's you know daylight savings which is the most stupid thing ever i don't know why we still do that um and we lose an hour of light right but uh, yeah, I just... Uh, I love fall, though. I love fall. Yeah, hero dirt usually. But we've been having hero dirt all year. But I'll, I'll take some fall hero dirt. For me, just the aspen groves. I just love watching yeah. the colors change. The aspens, like the bright yellows and oranges and reds. It's just, It hasn't started yet. I just... I rode from the house. Did a big ride from the house midweek. And went and did the cruise through Marlette. Uh-huh. Over Marlette, back over to Chimney. And that big aspen stand, which I think is probably the biggest aspen stand in all of Tahoe, that has come back to life some. Yeah. It got hit by the drought pretty hard, but uh, that thing hadn't turned yet. So yeah, that... it's, ho- it's hanging on. I mean, we, with how wet the summer was, you know, and um, it, the colors have definitely hung on. But I'm seeing pictures now from my friends in uh, Utah and Colorado, and it's yeah. full on out there. Um, it's just starting to turn here. Yeah, Crescent so... Butte, it looked like it was full on. Yeah, I'm looking at all the pictures that we're starting to see. <laughs> I, love it. I love how everybody frosts out, and they every time it snows somewhere, they like post a picture of the top of the ski resort. From yeah, I think I, think I saw one this morning from Banff. Yep, and there was one from the Pacific Northwest. 
Yeah, the Toyabi has snow at 8,000 feet. Bring it. Yeah. Yeah, it's coming. Um, School's back in, right? So fewer crowds. Are are you noticing a kind of a drop-off in the traffic and crowds in Tahoe right now? A little bit, yeah. A little bit. bit. Weekends are still busy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it's come down some. It's nice. Tahoe needs a breather. Yeah, right. It's wild how busy it gets. I know. I know. What time... at what point do you start what do you are you a big fan of like ski films? So that's a funny one for me because not really. You're not. I've never like I respect I respect it. I like a few here and there, but that's just I don't know for some reason and me being a photo and video person, like I love it and I love sharing it. You don't get stoked uh, by like watching films to get fired up for the ski season or anything like that? No. No, you don't like kind of But I do like up wa- with a pumpkin spice latte on your couch and and watch uh I like surf films better. 1999. I love everything that Torin Martin's been doing the last couple of years. Oh, you like surf you, films. That's yeah, interesting. I, okay. I don't know. That's my that's kind of my go-to thing, my my film genre. Uh-huh. I love what ski film culture is all about. Yeah. But I I don't know if I it's just never been a part of like I I don't know the Warren Miller thing was just never my my gig. Yeah. getting all fired up on it. I would watch it every year at some point, but it was never something that I was like, had to be there on opening day. And you never watch like Scott Gaffney films or anything like that? Not like really. Matchstick? I mean, back in the day when it was on a V, like the VCR days. Yeah. I don't know. I just never, I think for, with me too, I was always working in Tahoe right, at right. night yeah. whenever they had those premieres. And yep. so it just never became a part of my, I think that was it. Yeah. Is that I always worked nights and was like, I'm working a night job so I can ski later. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. It just was never a part of my yeah. month or like sort of fall kind of tradition, tradition, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Like I love I love the genre. I love the culture of it all, but it's just never been my thing. How about you? Did you go see did you go see Warren Miller and somewhere when they came out every year? Not every year, but when I was younger I'd I'd watch Warren Miller films, yeah, but I never really got super into it. Um, I I was more into the early mountain bike films. I okay. watched a lot of the early mountain bike stuff, um, but not as much ski stuff. And I'm not as <clears throat> I need to do my homework more and go back and watch all the classics, you know, and really get to know them a little better. Yeah, because I love I love watching them. You know, they're super cool. Oh, it's been and like it's and it's so pointed the needle in so much of ski culture. Yeah, All exactly. Those old movies. Totally. And well, it's funny too. You watch, I'm starting to watch these the, like, like Gaffney films, you mm-hmm. know, and I'm seeing people that I go, wait a minute, I know, who, I know that person. So the other day I was watching NAR, the movie, right? And, uh, and there's this, um, uh, his name's Grant and he works for uh Truckee Tahoe Lumber and he was like Shane McConkey's like good buddy. And he's like in, in NAR and I'm like, oh wait. I know that guy. I work with that guy. Like, it's just so funny, you know, like Tahoe's so small that I should know. I mean, I should know these films because they're like half the people who live in Tahoe and ski and mountain yeah. biker. I have been in them. It's baked you know? into the culture. Totally. But I'm just, you know, I'm more on the mountain bike side. So I know a lot of the old schoolers on the mountain bike side. I just don't know as many of the old schoolers on the ski side. So yeah. I need to do my homework and, and learn a little more, you know. Well, let's go to a movie premiere then. Yeah, I want you know. Up. I want to go see the movie. I'm fired up to see is is Dyack's movie. Yeah, Mountain, Mountain State, State two 2.0. 2.0. Yeah, that's the one. I'm I'm I, I'm. When's pretty, that coming out? 
I, he's out on the road with it right now. Oh, he and, is. Yeah. And we're trying to get him on the show. So I think that's going to happen. So cool. That'd be uh, great. Yeah, yeah, it's all about Nevada. It's all about Nevada. All about skiing in Nevada. Last, last year, they had a banging year out yeah, there. Yeah, well, the year before, or two years before, whatever year they did it, like 1.0, I know it was just yeah, it was high, the, like low tide, man, like the, terrible. The, the normal Nevada experience. Terrible conditions. I wouldn't say normal. It just wasn't very good. It definitely wasn't a good year. Shallow snowbag. Yeah, and dangerous, too. Shallow and dangerous. That's how it is. Whereas last there. year, it was just banger. But yeah, the recap of summer... It went fast. It, it does go fast now. I think it goes faster the older you get. Yeah, it's like that old saying, uh, life is like a roll of toilet paper. The closer to the end you get, the faster it goes. <laughs> <laughs> you know? it's Wise words, trail whisperer. Yeah, you get older and before you know it, you're 80 years old and you're like, what the hell happened? And then fifty they, last week. You, you, you get older and you run out of toilet paper. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and then you're just like you're extra screwed. Yeah, uh, <laughs> you're just using your hand. <laughs> just take more showers. <laughs> just get a bidet. But I, yeah, for me, officially the best summer I've ever had in Tahoe. This was a great summer. Unbelievable. Yeah, most rain. Mo- it was never that hot. It got hot for like two weeks. Tahoe seemed to be that bubble of the exception to the rule this year of like the rest of the world was sort of melting totally. around us. Yes. And we had an abnormally cool summer. Yep. It was After you. an abnormally cool winter, Yep. which I might point out again, Yep. we had, I remember the episode we did with Scott Kessler, I pulled up the statistics from the weather station in Tahoe City and that was the coldest winter on record. Yep. Yep. We've had a, an exceptionally cool year, which has been really nice. It's led to good trail conditions, led to great skiing. Yeah, well, let's hope it continues. Um, you know, because what do you mean hope? <laughs> we're <laughs> we're supersizing our winter. If it's going to be a super El Nino. We heard on the news the other day, and I can't think of anything more super than you know, oh, Chris Farley. <laughs> what is a super super El Nino? Super, super El Nino is, I don't know. It's, it's, uh, does it just make better news? Or? Yeah, I would say it makes better news. Um, I, it's basically, it's a, it's just a stronger version of an El Nino and it, and allegedly, um, this was an article that I read in the Washington post. And then I, the, the weather channel, um, the weather channel is so annoying anymore. I used to love the weather channel. Now it's so sensationalized when you watch it. It's just like a, it's like theatrics. It just annoys the living hell out of me. But anyway, the weather channel did a thing on a super El Nino and it's basically just like, you know, like what we had in 1997. If you remember that winter, mm-hmm. it was gnarly wet. Like we had crazy flooding in Reno and, and in the, in the Truckee river Canyon. Cause like, you know, 10 inches of rain fell on top of three feet of snow. A whole bunch of snow. Um, And then in the 2015-16 winter, um, that was another big, like, super El Nino. So they're they're calling for that because of how warm the ocean temps are. The ocean temps are crazy warm right now. Across the, seems like across the globe, but especially in the Pacific. Um, And then you were saying South America just had, like, a banger winter. They had a banger winter, it sounds like. Yeah. Yeah, they had a winter, which is sometimes a good indication for us in Tahoe. I don't know. It's global weirding, though. Yeah, it's total global weirding. But hey, you know, if we can keep the, uh, uh, we only had one smoky day this summer, right? And like <laughs> no real nice wildfires. Summer. 
I mean, it's not over yet, but like the, the, if the trends continue as, as they have been, I, I think we're kind of out of the woods for the most part with the In terms of fire. Fires. Yeah. 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 I mean, like I said, it's In never comparison over to what we had dealt with the last couple of years. Totally. I mean, we're into October, so odds are pretty good that temps are going to continue to stay cool. We're going to get more, you know, systems coming through and it's going to, I mean, if we made it through July, August, September without a major fire, we're probably yeah. going to be pretty safe. It does look like we're going into a little bit of Indian summer though, these next two weeks, yeah, which is going to be nice. It ain't, yeah. I mean, the nice weather is like far from over. We'll definitely continue to get nice temps and and probably a few weeks of dry because that's how it goes, right? It's like we get a few early storms yeah. and then it dries out for like three to four weeks and then we get hammered again. And then we get hammered again and then yeah. that window between storms starts shortening. Yeah. And that's why I think their predictions on an early winter could ring true. Because yeah. we've already had these systems coming through. They've been on like a three-week pattern. We've been getting some weather every three weeks and then it's going to go another three weeks and then it'll turn to two weeks and then it'll turn to a week and then it'll turn to every day, I hope, with Super El Nino. Well, national the, the, the National Weather Service gives a 71% chance of an El Nino of some sort this winter. So whatever, if it's, El, if it's super size me or just regular size me, El Nino <laughs> is coming, baby. I'm fired up. Yeah. So, hey, speaking up. of the summer, what was your favorite ride that you did this summer? My favorite ride that I did this summer? I think there's two. That I think the ride that I did with you when we did the pre, pre-course pre on Downeyville. Yep. Oh, okay. Was a classic. Yep. Yep. That just was cool. I've ne- I, That was a first for me. I'd, I'd only shuttled every version of it, that all the trails in Downeyville. So to, to do the classic climb... And to get into some of that terrain before everybody else did. Yeah, we were kind of the first. Yeah, for sure. it was kind of special. Yeah. And it rode well. And then I'd have to say that the other ride that was my favorite ride was one that I shouldn't talk about. Oh, was, yeah, uh, like Fight Club. Those, those, shall not, those shall not be mentioned other than that. It, we started here from your from TW Studios here in Verdi. Yep. And did a loop out of Verdi on some trail yep. that shall not be mentioned mm-hmm. on, on an absolutely perfect day. Yes. I don't think that trail could ever be in better condition. No. Uh, it was and, amazing. And I think that was my favorite ride. How about you? Yeah, that's that one is uh, that one's up there. I would say that ride that you're talking about, um, it was that one or the day we had on Mardis. Oh, yeah. Which was the same conditions. Uh, yep. Same yep. weather. It was. It was. It had just rained. It was kind of overcast, misty, in the middle of summer. Right, like it should be ninety degrees yep. or whatever. It felt it like was. Oregon. It felt like yeah, Pacific Northwest. Both for those sure. days. Both those days. Yeah. So yeah, for me it was. Maybe you know, we should just move to the Northwest. <laughs> no, it's on fire. It was on fire all yeah, summer. It, it was smoked coming. out it, it all keeps, summer. It keeps coming to us. I it guess. was well. No, when we did the Martis ride that day, that same day. Our buddy Sky Alsop was up in That's Bellingham, right. yeah, and he, he was getting smoked out in Bellingham. He's like, "It's a mess. You can't yeah. even ride." Tahoe it's, was the place to be. Tahoe was the place to be this summer. Yeah, and it's okay to. And even that day, since you mentioned Bardis, but we were on trail that shall not be named. Like, what's the what's the? I mean, we're talking about it now on the podcast. Like, yeah. what are, what's your take on? You know, you are building a whole bunch of 
sanctioned trail. Right. But also we like to ride unsanctioned trail. Yeah. And is it is it okay for us to even to be talking about it? I think it is. I mean, it's a reality that it's out it's there. It's out there. It's we out ride there. It, we love it. And we ride it. The people who build it love it. Yep. I just think that there there should be some, you know, some guidelines and rules. Not so just sort of like, I guess respect is the word I'm looking for for that for those trails. And, yeah, this and, was a suggestion that one of our listeners actually mentioned. Oh, yeah? It was like, yeah, about Strava well, and the, about like what in keeping trails secret yeah. or, or not, you know, blowing them up. And, 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 you know, like, yeah, the, the, it's sort of funny. You look at what happened to, well, shall I even mention it? But Yogi right. was originally an underground trail. Yeah. And they, and you never, and you weren't supposed to post about it. Like, especially in no. Martis too, same thing. Like if you put up a post about Martis or put it up on Strava, there was a, there was a, like a, a force out, out in Truckee that would like, I got reached out to one time yeah, and said, and take that down. Take it down. Call it, call Do not out. promote that. It's so like, let's, oh, let's damn. review it then. Like I, because I think it's pretty, it's common sense. And you know, I, I do use Strava, but whenever I am at a trail that shall not be named. Yeah. I keep that ride private. Yeah. Or I hide the map. Yeah. Well, you know, one or the other. I think it's best just to keep it keep it to yourself if you if the only thing you're really using Strava for at least for me is I'm use, I I just like the numbers and looking at the statistics and using that for motivation, but like yeah. make it private. Make it so that it's not out there. I don't know how that affects the heat map aspect of it all, though, because that's how some people find trails. Now. Well, no, if it's private, it ends up on the heat map. It still ends up on the yeah. heat map. So mm-hmm. then, then, then that answers the question. Then you should just probably not do it. Just don't do it. I mean, like I have never. I don't know, man. I, I, I personally, when Strava first came out, um, when I was living in San Diego, this was probably in two, two, 2009, 2008, something like that. Yeah. Um, we had this weekly group ride. And it was super awesome. Most of us rode single speeds and we just, it was like a slug fest. We were just like just destroying angry, each other. Yeah. Like a Wednesday speeders. night ride. We called it the hump day ride and we would just smash each other on single speeds for like, you know, 20 miles, 3000 vert or something like that. And it was always fun. It was always a fun social kind of, you know, thing. And then like when Strava came out, people like just, you know, <clears throat> got obsessed with it. And it completely, I, I just watched the social aspect of our ride completely erode and it, and it totally turned me off. Hmm. And I was just like, I don't ever want to use this freaking thing. Like, I don't want to do Strava. It, it ruins the social aspect of riding for it, for, in my opinion. Hmm. And so I just never adopted it. Plus I was still using a flip phone and I didn't have a Garmin and I, I didn't ride. I don't ride with gadgets. I just ride. You know, I don't have a computer. I don't GPS any of my rides. If I'm going on a ride, I take I take pictures of maps or I'll carry a map. You know, like I just I old school like that. And um, I, I always think it's funny when people are riding with their phone on their handlebar. Oh, it, dude, it's so <laughs> dumb. Like, it's so dumb. Pay attention to the trail. I've found, <laughs> I've had instances where I have friends in front of me riding with their phone on their bars and it falls off their bike and they don't even know it. And I find the phone on the trail. So I pick it up and I just put it in my pocket and I hold on to it and I don't tell the person that I found it. And then and I wait to see how long it takes them to figure out that they lost their phone. And then and, and a lot and of times it there. isn't until they get back to their car and they're like, 
uh-oh. And I'm like, what? And they go, uh, I lost my phone somewhere on the trail. I'm like, oh, that's a bummer. When was the last time you saw it? Oh, I don't remember. And then like, they start to panic. You can just see the look of panic in their eyes. Like, what am I going to do? My life's over. My whole life is on that phone. And then right about the time that they are about to get back on their bike and start pedaling back up the hill to see if they could find it, I pull it out of my pocket and I go, is this what you're looking for? And you should hand it back to him and say, don't, <laughs> don't use Strava. Yeah, but... We'll turn it back to that then. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of like when I got shown some trails that we shall remain unnamed like i i always thought that it was just about respect and the it was okay to ride it and it was okay to show someone else but it, not like 10 people at once yeah like it's, it was like ride it in groups of two or three show respect just kind of keep it keep it down don't put it on instagram yeah don't don't name it don't name it don't name it i mean you could post a picture of the area you know i would say lie about it maybe because then people who also know then can just don't even post a picture or anything like you don't need to show your friends that you're doing something cool just go do something cool you know yeah that's just keep it it it's like it's like when there's a surf break the firing yeah, you don't blow it up. You don't blow it up. Why would you want to blow you up? Because want then more people on it. There's more people on it. Like, yeah, I don't understand. That's sort of the rule with there's that. There's this, I, you know, there's this like self-serving or selfish drive in social media to like show the world that you're doing cool stuff. Like, look at me, look at me doing cool stuff, and it's like, well, in the in the in the course of doing that, you're going to ruin the place mm-hmm. for everyone else who already knows about it or who have been, you know geotagging is off i mean i i i'll say that it's i think it's okay to show people cool stuff on totally i mean that's i mean shoot that's where kind of professional sports lives these days but i think the guidelines should be to somewhat respect the places that we're all doing that doing the cool stuff and i think that one of the interesting things that i've seen on social media lately is that there should be a lag time on posts Especially if you're in the middle of a, like, again, a, if there's, if it's conditions, if it's dependent. condition dependent, if yeah. the right break, if the, if the point breaks firing, like wait until the swells over. Right. And right. I think that applies to the ski and snowboard world. Absolutely. Like, I think yeah, for sure. it's, it's pretty cool that people share Stoke on social media and I get fired up by it. Yeah. But it is nice when I see the professional athletes, like having a lag time with it. Yes. I agree. And that's, but you know, with mountain about, biking, that's something we should, we've wanted to talk about, but I, I think it's cool that we are sort of addressing it and, yeah, and maybe some listeners can give us some, their feedback on it and see if they agree. Yeah. And how yeah. it works. Like, I mean, it's kind of the cats out of the bag, but you can still sort of, well, I feel like there's try this, to control the cat. So it doesn't, there's this fine line between go all over the place, you know, mainstream popularity and like underground popularity right like i feel yeah. like you know in Truckee, right i mean yogi and jackass ridge is just it's so mainstream popular now it's now. like every single person who has a mountain bike rides there and yeah. i just i it's fun i love it but i just i can't ride there anymore it's just too many people i it's just not my scene like unless my whole i the whole plan is 
I'm going to go ride there with some friends. It's a social ride. The whole point of it is to be social. Yeah. Then I'll do it. But if I'm going to get in a ride ride, I'm not doing Jackass Ridge. I'm just not because I just don't want to see that many. My my idea of a good ride is how many people did I see? If I had to see zero to five people on my ride, it was a yeah. good ride. You right? tend to not see a lot of people on that on that network though because it is a directional trail which i no that's true but i I guess it's more at the parking lot when you pull up and you can't even find a place to park you're like god man like there's a lot of people here you know it's not a bad thing it's just it's just not for me personally in the way and like the way i like to experience the outdoors i like to be in the woods pretty remote pretty solitary not see a lot of people you know and and so but there's underground popularity right a trail that is popular with like, you know, core lords, people who do it every day. It's their thing, right? And and I'm more okay with that. It's the mainstream popularity where I'm just like, oh, it's like a mob scene. It's just like everybody, like from experts to beginners are here and it's just, it's overloaded, right? It's too many people. Yeah, but I think that that's sort of the transition that that trail, at least Jack, the lower jackass has gone through and I, and I support that and I support everything that Truckee Dirt Union is doing. Oh, hundred percent. Like without yeah. them and their efforts. I'm in like the minority. That's, that's I'm, you know, the I'm th- an anomaly. The right? interesting thing with that trail is that it's now turned into like the lunch lap for Truckee. Totally. Yeah. And every town needs a lunch lap. Absolutely. It's so, it's just essential to have. Well, and it keeps where, the traffic off the other trails too. Yeah, it's like so when everybody goes to that trail, there's fewer people riding yeah, the other trails. There's right? fewer people to piss off the every <laughs> single speaker. That's right, exactly. <laughs> it's like go ride Jackass. Just go over there. I'll be uh, everywhere else. <laughs> cool. I'm glad yeah, the we ass touched. is coming out. The, the angry single speeder in me is coming out. We we do need to have an, a podcast with Trekkie Dirtnian boys. We've been trying to yeah. figure that one out for a while. And, and and I want to have them on the show and get to talk about what they're doing up there because it's downright special. Oh yeah, they're they're channeling. I wrote it. I wrote it last week. I'm not over it yet. Did I tell you what happened to me and two and Ben up there? Up where? Uh, doing. We did the full. We wrote it all, all of it. I took two and Ben on like the the tour. Oh nice, the big tour. So yeah. we, we wrote JPs out and we got about halfway up JPs and some angry cross country. He rider. He wasn't a single speeder, but he could have been you twenty years ago. Was he wearing like tight he, lycra? Totally. He was wearing. Okay. He was wearing tight lycra. He was probably straving his ride <laughs> when you got in his way and he got pissed at you. No, he we 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 just kind of were, were leaving the parking lot a little bit later, but we we were right behind him. But he ended up coming back with, shall we say, his tail between his legs. <laughs> Because he'd come upon a mama bear and two cubs. Oh yeah, right. And mama bear was like smashing a beehive. And so <laughs> this guy, it was like, <laughs> lucky, lucky for us, he was the one that, that figured all this out, but he, he rode up on mama bear, mama bear charged him. I think he shit his Lycra and then <laughs> mama bear charged him again. And really it sounds like came, came at him. Like he had to do that thing. Have you ever been at like a, a, has a dog, like almost today, like where a dog came at you when you were riding your mountain bike and then you had to put your bike between you and the dog. Oh yeah, like I've had to do your... that with pigs. I've yeah. had to do that with bear. Oh yeah. Yep. So he had to do that with this bear. And while he was fending the bear off, the bees that the mama bear had ticked off then turned their fear on him. Oh man. So he got stung like 20 times. So he, he comes <laughs> riding up on two and Ben and I being like, there's a bear and she attacked me and there was bees. And, and the sky is falling and all this stuff. And like, 
And I, you know, I was like, oh man, bummer. Like I really wanted to show two and Ben, like the, you know, the full loop because we were going to the far end of JPs and then up some other trails and yeah. doing the full loop. And we were like, well, after hearing that, let's just turn around. <laughs> so we turned around and rode back down and then, and did the full loop. And then we came back. And then since it's two and Ben, we went and did JPs from the back end forward at the end of the ride we still so, went and the and bears it. and the bees had the bears dissipated and bees had, by yeah, then we, we gave them we gave them two and a half <laughs> hours to go away but there's there was some uh, good there's some good trail story for you that happened last week you know my favorite so one other thing i wanted to mention is favorite new trail that you rode this year was there a new trail that you rode this year that was your favorite Ooh, i don't i would have to almost throw it out to sky tavern yeah Yep. I think that the okay. new trail that they opened up shark bait, shark bait, mm-hmm. getting to, getting to get towed into that one by Steve was yep. my favorite new trail Yep, because it sort of pushed my riding a little bit. Yep. Yeah. I'd say that was probably a new favorite trail for me. Okay. And, uh, gosh, I'm gonna have to think about that. We wrote, how about you? Um, so I wrote a, a new trail that I got a, a hot lead on. You wrote it too, that there's a flow trail at sugar bowl. Oh Yeah. Yeah, that yeah. is off the top of Disney. Yep. That goes from Disney, right where the chairlift ends at the guard shack, the top of Disney, all the way down to Crow's Peak, the bottom of Crow's Peak chair. Yep. It's pretty fun. <laughs> it's well built. It's it's killer. It's fun, man. It's fun. <laughs> but I got to ask you, is this another trail that we should I don't know. About? We, <laughs> we should probably shouldn't. We're probably going to get a message from Sugar Bowl <laughs> staff saying, don't talk about that trail. It's not for public consumption. I, I think but it was built for the private homeowners up there but it rips it rips man it's fun yeah i was like and the conditions up yep. there have been so good with the dirt it's like you know been raining a lot and the flowers and it's green yeah, it was pretty. and like so and not not many people are riding it so it's not all you know like hacked out and brake bumped so yeah i was that was probably one of my that and you know captain Tahoe was cool because it's just a new trail that's like a connector yep. but um, for smile factor, that sugar bowl trail was pretty. Yeah, that's satisfying. right. I forgot about that. I just did that the other day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, well, a good little summer recap. Do we want to recap any of the episodes that we did? Kind of recap on some of the stories or anything. Um, I know, really enjoyed having Todd Woodward on, and he mentioned to us that maybe we should hit him up for some fall riding. And now that it's fall, we should hit him up. Yeah, we should kinda, definitely hit kind of see where he's at. Yeah, I wonder if he must have been deployed everywhere but Tahoe this summer to fight in fire because there weren't many fires around here to fight, it seems. Yeah, we had a mellow year. I did just send you that article, though, about the thing that he mentioned about the pay for firefighters was sort of hitting the senator hitting Congress. Yeah, well, they're ex- they had a temporary pay raise that was going to expire, and he was going to go back to, dude, it's like, oh, I don't know, they're... It, you let's put it this way: you could make more money let's working at McDonald's than being a firefighter that once this pay sense. raise expires. And so, thousands of federally employed firefighters are threatening to quit if they don't if this temporary pay raise doesn't meet, become permanent. Well, maybe that was part of the government shutdown. <laughs> well, that was they said if the government shuts down, they're quitting and they're gonna because they could go make more money working for a private entity mm-hmm. or state agency or. Like the federal government, man, they, they're they not paying their firefighters what they should be getting paid. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, one thing that I wanted to bring up actually uh, about 
this episode since it's the fall episode, but it's also the 21st episode. Oh, yeah. And the 21 is... We're we're, we're old enough to go out and rage. (laughs) Old enough to drink, but choosing not to. So, Tom, you are now how many weeks into not drinking? Uh, Almost two months. Almost two months. Seven weeks. Right on, man. How's it been? It's been great. Yeah? Yeah. I I feel like it's a, a little bit of a chapter close for me. Almost. Yeah. yeah. Like I wasn't sure how I was going to kind of process it mm-hmm. because it was such a integral part of my life for the last 10, well, actually since I've you know been drinking, but for the last 15, 20 years, it's been just an integral part of the restaurant life. Yeah. And just sort of a part of, I don't know, going, doing crazy things and then taking the edge off with some alcohol. I, that was definitely a habit. Yeah. And that was, I think that's been the most interesting thing for me is that I wasn't quite sure how I would cope with doing a crazy big ride and then not taking a little bit of an edge off with a few IPAs at the end of the day. Right. And it's been okay. Yeah. I haven't missed it. Yeah. I feel good. Your body feels good. You feel like there's a difference. Yeah. Yeah. I've lost weight. Have you? Oh yeah. Like how much? I think I'm close to 15 pounds. Are you kidding? (laughs) No. Holy shit. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I had a little bit of an IPA gut. Yeah. Good job, man. I think, I think I was hold, holding it well, but yeah, no, I've easily 10 to 12, Yeah, you know, but I, I don't weigh myself all that much, mm-hmm. but I do weigh myself up at Tower Donner when I, they have a really nice scale up there when I go do my locker room triathlon before work. So I've been jumping on that thing a little bit and I definitely lost some weight. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Right on. Yeah. Yeah. You've, well, you've inspired me. I've cut way back. I'm down to like maybe two drinks a week and it makes a huge difference. Like I've felt so much better ride. So my, my riding is better. I feel, you know, I was feeling a lot of inflammation, man, like just soreness and, and like joint issues and stuff when I was drinking more, like I was probably, uh, you know, two drinks a day, you know, um, and definitely notice a difference. There's no question. Um, and yeah, it's been great. I've just been enjoying being able to go for a ride and, and, you know, I haven't been riding as much this summer, but like when I do go ride, I feel strong. I feel good, like clean. Like you just feel like there's no crud in the pipes. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Um, so yeah, I've been enjoying it. I think it's, uh, it's a trend I'm going to keep, you know, keep continuing with because, I don't really miss it that much, honestly. Um, you know, like occasionally I'll have a beer and, you know, the first one tastes good. But by the time I'm like halfway through the second one, I'm kind of like, hmm, maybe I could have not had this, you know, I'm not like craving it yeah. or anything. I think you get kind of addicted. There's an addiction there. I don't know if it's, it's like a habit or if it's an actual addiction, but like, yeah, once you break it, like once you're a week in, I feel like it's a lot easier to keep it going. Yeah. That first week's the hardest. Yeah. I, I was, had an easier time than I expected with how long of a habit it was for me. Yeah. But yeah, I've just kind of been focused on getting in shape for winter. <laughs> I'm frothing for a big season and I'm going to have a little free time, I think, a little more free time this winter than I've I had hope so. in, been, in some years past. So yeah. I've got my eye on the prize to get in shape and. Go up and down hills all day. Nice. Hey, this is Rhett 
Cattail Rick with Trash and Treasure on WMTT Hot Country 103. Give us a call. Tell us what you got for sale today. Hey, you're on the air. Yeah, there's uh, Enos Mahaki over there in Booger Hole. I got a Larry Fisher Mountain pushback for sale. Only been crashed into a tree once, so uh, pretty much brand new otherwise. Got a nice jail seat on it, some uh, off-road tires and that, and uh, it's got them suspensions. Asking tree fitting, firm, service calls only, no scammers. Don't waste my time, don't steal my stuff. 522-0258. All right, Mahaki over in Booger Hole got a Larry Fisher mountain bike for sale. Tree fitting. Don't waste his time. Don't steal his stuff. Give him a call at 522-02. There's a better way to buy, sell, and rent used outdoor gear. Sendy, a new peer-to-peer online marketplace backed by Cam Zink and Travis Rice. Built by athletes for athletes, Sendy is committed to providing the outdoor community with a high-quality hub for high-quality gear. Sendy provides a safe platform for buying, selling, and renting, making sketchy meetups with shady characters and seedy parking lots a thing of the past. Sendy uses integrated and discounted UPS rates, QR codes, and print-ready labels, shipping anywhere in the U.S., with Canada coming soon. Download the app today for free at the Apple Store, Google Play, or visit sendy.io. Buy it, sell it, rent it, and send it with Sendy, charter partner of Mind the Track. Now, back to the show. Well, yeah, speaking of going up and down hills all day, um, did, did you buy a ski pass this winter? Or are you just going straight back country? Yeah, I, I am not there yet. So yes, I bought ski passes. My wife and I have passes for Mount Rose. That is our little place that we like to ski. We yeah. absolutely love it. Yeah, I love the independent vibe of Mount Rose. Yep. Uh, and then I bought. Yeah, I have all the passes. I bought a base icon. Yeah. Ugh. And what else? And then I, I I bought an epic pass because I'm going to Japan, so I justified that one. Oh dang! So with my Japan trip on the books, it just sort of made sense to get that because I'd get a week of skiing there with it. Even though J- the skiing over there is not all that expensive, uh, that makes sense. And then my my older brother Ray also bought an epic pass, and that was his uh, play for this winter. So he's going to spend another month or two out here later in the spring. Yep. So I wanted to be able to ski with him. So yeah, I, I bought passes again. I, I, I wasn't, I, I hate doing it, but then again, I do, I do like ski resorts. It's been a part of my life for a long time. So, mm-hmm. uh, I did, I did buy into the system again. You broke down and caved into the icon. Huh? I did. Dang it. Did you? Not yet. I don't. So I bought it sugar bowl which okay. I do every year. Um, Swan John likes skiing at Sugar Bowl. She doesn't, Palisades is too much of a scene and too just too busy and she's not into it anymore. So we, we go to Sugar Bowl, which I've always loved. I love. So, so all so, the years I lived at Downer Lake, I was, there was more seasons than not that I would have a Sugar Bowl pass and yeah. not a, a Squaw or Alpine pass. I used yeah. to do this Sugar Bowl Alpine combo. Yeah, yeah, that would be a, a good one. That was the combo I did for a while. Totally. Yeah, I did. I, you know, I haven't caved on the icon and- And, and why? Um, I just, I'm kind of over, I'm over it, man. I'm over it. Like just the, it last, you don't want to pay for parking last, last winter. It was really, it wasn't easy to get a good day there where there wasn't a million people. Like it used to be that you could in March, by time March, April rolled around, you could roll up there on a pow day and it was kind of a ghost town. 
But last year, man, even in March on a POW day, after all the good days we had, it was still kind of busy. And it's just like, man, and then, yeah, and then just with like this recent announcement of, you know, parking that that Palisades made, what, what are the details around it now? What They're going to charge for parking? Or so you have to make a reservation. The, the pe- so yeah, so the there you can prepay. It sounds like to guarantee a spot. Yeah, weeks and months in advance. So that's a guarantee. And then they're gonna have the ticket, like the fish ticket, white like widespread panic ticket frenzy. Oh on, yeah, right. Uh, Tuesday at noon, they release some tickets, and then they do it again or something. But oh but God. it's free. But it's free. But you're going to have to be at home pressing a button at a certain time to get it. But this is, and it's only for weekends and holidays. It sounds like. But their whole idea behind this is that they're going to help take some cars off the road and mitigate some of the traffic issues that Tahoe is experiencing. I'm, and I'm curious to see if it's going to work because I I, I don't think it's going to. They're, well, they're not addressing the core issue, which I think is past sales. They're not, right? Like, isn't that the kind of the core issue here? Well, they're, yes. The core issue is that they've overbooked the Southwest flight and everyone's showing up at the airport to get on the flight. Yeah. And so they're saying, well, hold on a minute. Like, they're 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 just trying to less let less people into the airport, I think. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they're still going to come. The, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I mean that's it's it's so Vale released their financials just this week. Mm-hmm. That was an interesting read. Did you get to get to go through that? I'll, no. I'll send it to you. No, I, have I mean, not it's just, reviewed the financials. <laughs> it, it, the thing that I took away from it was that they were. It was interesting that of course their their revenue was down last year because too much snow is too much snow, and re- revenues down when that happens. We right. all know that that right. happened to everybody in Tahoe, but. uh the interesting thing was that the past sales were up again mm. at upwards of eight to 10%. More than last year? More than last oh, year. God. Epic past sales, which I, you know, I guess I'm guilty of it. He said, Paul, but that, I mean, that's really the, that's kind of the crux of the whole issue is that they're, they have an unsustainable trajectory of selling too many season passes for these mega passes. And didn't and, you say that Sugar Bowl like had a social post that kind of jibbed a little fun? Yeah, they took like, a they took a gut punch at Palisades and sort of said something about yeah, what was it? It was uh, like our resort when we only have X amount of passes that we sell, and when we re- sell them, we're sold out. We're done, and that helps control traffic and it and preserves a good experience on the mountain unlike other ski resorts like they're basically like calling them out yeah they they, they it's an actually a cool little edit that they did uh and they started the edit starts with a picture of old 40 with just a couple cars on it and then a bunch of people shred and pow but it says it's not complicated each season we choose a specific number of season passes to sell and we just stop selling them when we hit that number. There, there you go. <laughs> what a concept. What a concept. That means less traffic and more turns for you. P.S. Slightly restricted passes are nearly sold out. And then I think their last post said that, poof, slightly restricted passes are gone. And that happened. That only happened in a day after they made that post. Yeah. No, you got to get on it quick. I mean. Uh, but yeah. yeah, I mean, the concept of limiting passes is kind of the solution in my eyes. I had a long conversation yeah. with someone at the restaurant this just a couple of days ago because he we got into some of this stuff and he was sort of griping about how the solution was to put a, a light rail system <laughs> in from 
Truckee down the 89 corridor to, mm-hmm. so that he could get to Squaw with mm-hmm. all of his friends. Yeah. With, with icon passes. Light rail, huh? Yeah. And I was like, dude, that's, but there's still going to be, you know, a mil, one point, like, I, I think in the last couple of years, both those companies are not really saying we, I think we can read through the lines with the information that Vail just put out that their season pass sales were up eight to 10%, but they're not actually saying maybe how many exact number of passes they're selling. Mm-hmm. But I know that both of them are over a million. Yeah. So, I mean, if they're increasing by 10%, that's adding another hundred thousand people oh every God. year, year over, they're adding a hundred thousand people into the mix. Yeah. See, I, that's, that's, and, uh, that's the reason right there for me to not, the only reason, honestly, the only reason why I would want to buy an icon pass right now is for mammoth. Because I think yeah. with this super El Nino, Mammoth is going to get shellacked this winter. I think they're going to have another massive season. And I got to give Mammoth kudos for the fact that they handle the crowd well. Yeah. They, they open their mountain. Yeah. Which is a concept that we sort of struggle with up here at some of the other resorts that, that operate with icon. But, uh, yeah, they, they seem to handle that crowd pretty well. And it's a bigger mountain and there's less stress. I think there's fewer people going to that mountain because it's harder to get to. Right, it's a bigger drive yeah. for people from LA. It's way too big of a drive for anyone from the I, I Bay think Area. Still, I still think they get the skier vi- the visits, the daily skier visits that Palisades gets. Really, but they just they oh. just somehow operate it smoother. Hmm. They they run a resort. Interesting. Uh, they, they make skiing a priority there, which I respect. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the past thing, I, you know, I'll just, I, I'll say it here on this podcast, the solution to all of Tahoe's issues with all of this is just get rid of the, rid of the mega pass. And even though I own two of them this winter again, I, I'd be totally happy with that. I'd be happy going back and just buying my, buying a Rose pass and buying an Alpine pass or buying a pal, a squaw, AKA formerly known as Twitter, uh, <laughs> uh you know, buying just an individual pass again. I'd be totally happy with that. Yeah. And then, and I'd be happy if they limited the the numbers of them or if they made them more expensive to do that. I would pay more than an icon season pass for a, a squaw only pass. Yeah. Um, because, you know, the. But it's to, not going to happen. I know. It's, it's, I know it's not going to happen. But until, the thing, until private equity gets pushed out of, until private equity gets slapped. Yeah. With this whole thing, like it's not going to go anywhere. Yeah, and the, I think the the biggest disappointment for me is like, you know, there's a lot of cool history at Squaw Valley, mm-hmm. um, the the heritage of the place, and just like the 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 amazing like athletes that came out of that place, and it's and it is a scene. But I think what's really cool about it is that it was, um, I don't know, it was just it has this culture, you know, and and Squaw has. That culture has fought for its identity for very years. well. Yeah, I feel yes, like it hasn't been allowed to be sort of school tamped by no. the wall of positive bullshit that Palisades throws out there. Right, like that the core culture has fought, and I and I you know I think that's one of the reasons why Rob Gaffney was such a fucking core lord. Yeah, sorry, use swear words if we <laughs> want to keep our rating. Him and his brother just core dudes that have fought for the culture of that, that valley and that resort. And so has a lot of other people. Yeah. Yeah. And and speaking of Rob, unfortunately he passed recently. Um, such a legend. Um, you know, I think both, both of us don't, I, I didn't know him personally. 
Um, me, me neither. Yeah, but we both have a lot of friends who did. Yeah. Two, um, Rob was that dude that had two degrees of separation. Yeah. In life in Tahoe and yeah. everywhere, I think he he impacted a lot of people. Yeah, in for good ways. for the listeners who might not know who Rob Gaffney was, he was he was a, a ski legend here in Tahoe. Um, he was the writer of a book called Squally Wood, which was like kind of put Squaw on the map as far as this like kind of you know culture, um, and uh, co-created a game called Nar, which you know it's like you basically go to Squaw Valley and you ski and you play this game and do get all points. these crazy stunts and get points, right? And, um, so anyway, he and his brother, Scott and, you know, other legends like Shane McConkie and, and, uh, JT Holmes and this crew, like really put Squaw Valley on the map with extreme skiing. Um, you know, like there were guys like Scott Schmidt who really put it on the map originally, but like these guys took it to another level, a whole another level beyond what, you know, guys like Scott Schmidt was doing. Um, and he fostered a culture here in Tahoe, you know, and, um, he's a doctor, he's a father, a mentor, a hero, a community leader, an innovator, um, a sender. God, he's in a lot of these Gaffney films sending some of the biggest stuff in the film. Like he was gnarly and hilarious. He was a comedian, you know, just like the best skier on the best skier on the mountain, you know? (laughs) Like in the movie Nar, he was the best skier on the mountain. So, you know, rest in peace, Rob. Sorry I didn't know you personally, but uh, you'll continue to inspire generations of skiers and folks in Tahoe. For sure. Yeah. I'll be inspired when I see a couple of rad sunrises and sunsets this winter. Yeah. And, and think of him and his love of, of skiing. Yeah. 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 And all the good things he did and light he brought to it. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, on to maybe happier news. There was a you got. news article that came out recently that I thought was interesting that uh, outside, I don't know if it's outside magazines, like outside conglomerate, they own everything now, um, that Reno was ranked as the happiest place to live in America. Did you see that? <laughs> no. Yes. If you don't have an icon pass. If you, <laughs> if you got a Mount Rose pass, Reno's uh, yeah. the happiest place for you yeah, as a skier to that. live, which I thought was funny because I don't know. I moved here ten, so this summer ten years ago I moved to Reno, um, and I feel like ten years ago Reno could have ranked as happiest place to live in America because ten years ago it was not blown out yet, homes were cheap, mm-hmm. you know, like it, what the traffic there weren't any crazy drivers here, you know it's still awesome. I'm not gonna say that Reno sucks; it doesn't. How do you feel it's changed? It's gotten a lot busier. Um, It's gotten a lot more expensive. Like you used to be able to go out and get dinner for 30 bucks with a drink. And now, dude, minimum 60. Like it's, I I will say the, the bar has been raised. There is no shortage of amazing places to eat in Reno anymore. Like 10 years ago, you had maybe a handful of places that were good right now like i can't even keep up with the new eateries and restaurants and bars and this and that like there's new stuff all the time but it really seems like around 2015 2016 when tesla 
built the battery factory out there at USA Parkway. That's really when things started to kind of like hypercharge. And that's when I really noticed like the crazy drivers started descending upon Reno. Like you used to be able to drive the freeway, do 65, 70, and everybody was chill. Now it's like if you do 65 or 70, you're going to get blown off into the ditch because you're not going fast enough. Um, so it's changed in that regard. But like, you know, the statistics that they mention, you know, to, that made it the happiest place is just like the outdoor access, which is 100%. That's why I moved here. You know, the affordability, which is debatable. It was it was affordable 10 years ago. Um you know, safe environments. I'm not sure about that. Safe here in Verdi, I guess. But, um, and just the, I think the, the, the freedom aspect they mentioned, and that's just, I think like kind of a Nevada thing. It's kind of like a, don't yeah. bring your California BS to Nevada. Just be Nevada's motto is don't make your shit, my shit. Like yeah. just be cool. I'll do my thing. You do your thing. Don't tell me how to live. I won't tell you how. It's to kind live. of like the Florida vibe with with all with right all, with all out all the hate. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. No, Nevadans are very independent, fiercely independent, and so am I. And that's why I think I I fit right in here. As soon as I moved here, I was like, this is my place. But ten years ago, I, when I told my friends when I was moving to Reno from San Diego, they're like where are you moving to? Reno. What the hell is in Reno? How far is that from Vegas? Like nobody knows where Reno is. Like, yeah. They think it's near Vegas, right? It's like, it's 15 minutes closer to Vegas than Lake Tahoe. You know, like it's like, I don't, so to me it was perfect. Cause I was like, everybody thinks it sucks. Mostly because of Reno 911. I think everyone saw that <laughs> show and was like, I don't want to live there. But what they don't know is that Reno 911 was filmed in LA. So, you know, um, I yeah I thought it was great right I out of the gate. I still love Reno though. I, mean, I love Reno. It's got a gritty vibe. It has always had a gritty vibe. It's a big town, but it's it's small. So like the biggest little city in the world is the perfect motto for Reno because it really is. Is it a million people yet? No. So it's many, uh, it's what is it? It is like four hundred fifty thousand oh, or something like that. But the the whole the whole like if you add in Carson. Tahoe and Reno, I think it's like a half, over a half million, but it's growing quickly, you know, for sure, right? The development is aggressive. Like in Verdi, the development right now is pretty aggressive. Um, So, you know, our days are somewhat numbered, but here's the good news. Reno will never be a Denver or a Salt Lake City because it just isn't big enough to sprawl like that, right? You think of Salt Lake City and how much land there is to sprawl. And you think of Denver in the front range of the Rockies and how much land there is to sprawl. Reno doesn't have that. It can't sprawl. So it's never going to... I mean, Reno... Can't, uh, it just Denver, keep, can't it just keep going north? Kind of? North yeah, not really. It can't. It, there's only so much land. And um, it it's just... Salt Lake City and Denver, man, are blown out there are so many people there like i kind of forget about it until i go there and then i'm like oh my god you know i get down on reno and i'm like man reno's blown out and then i go to denver and salt lake i'm like never mind i i'm (laughs) never mind reno's awesome i'm i'm good you know um but anyway yeah it beat out like yeah what's the rest what's the rest of the list (laughs) i'm curious i'm curious what the rest of the list is wilmington delaware was number two i'm like I, all I can think of is like in, you know, uh, um, uh, in, uh, 
Wayne's World, you know, in the movie when they're like you're going to these different. They, there's like a green screen behind them, and they're like oh, they throw yeah. up a picture of Hawaii, and they're like, "We're in Hawaii, Aloha, bro," you know, and they're doing all these different places. We're in Colorado, I'm skiing, and then they're like, "We're in Delaware," and they're like, "We're in Delaware." You're like, "What do we do in Delaware?" <laughs> you know, I've been to Delaware. It's pretty boring, but anyway, New Orleans. Cincinnati, Charlottesville, Virginia, which that one's legit. Charlottesville's rad. Like that's a legit East Coast city because there's like big mountains and real like backcountry. If you're outdoorsy, right? It's probably a good mountain bike. Oh, it's great mountain bike. Gnarly, super technical, rocky, super rocky. Um, But yeah, then Hood Hood River and Glenwood Springs were on the list, right? But they're super expensive. I think the thing about Reno is that compared to places like Hood River and Glenwood Springs, it's affordable. And it's also a much bigger city, so it has more amenities. Yeah. And an airport and a university and anyway. Yeah. So Reno's on the list. Um, and they said room for improvement. They're like things that Reno could improve upon. And they said less wildfire smoke. <laughs> that was one. That was, was one. I'm like, are you effing kid? The whole country's on fire. Like, what do you mean, Reno less wildfire smoke? What? Huh? <laughs> Outside magazine, dude. I don't know who writes well, this stuff. We can work on that one then. Yeah. Let's yeah. just keep getting these big. Let's winners. keep getting super El Ninos, <laughs> and then we won't have to worry about it. So the one other thing I wanted to mention regarding cities. So city of Truckee. They just passed this 15 mile an hour speed limit for bicycles on multi-use trails. Did you hear about this? I did hear about this. Yeah. What, and what is this? This is like the official marinification of trucking. They're going to have speeding tickets now? Well, I don't know how they're going to enforce anything about this, but the, I mean, the, there's an issue with those class two and class three e-bikes in Truckee. Is there? Yeah. What's going on? There's a, <laughs> well, there's, there's a gang. There's a gang? There's an e-bike gang. Like, no way. So when you grew up, do, did you and your friends have like the moped gang when you'd all turn moped age? Yeah, we had like the BMX gang. You had the BMX gang. Yeah. And yeah. what kind of stuff did you do? Oh, when, all like, kinds of hijinks. Like what? Um, You know, like uh, skidding and leaving marks everywhere and jumping and building ramps and then like maybe, uh, you and know, minor vandalism or maybe some egging. You know, some egging, maybe a little of that, you know, yeah, toilet so, paper, yep, you know. Yep, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yeah. So take all of that. Okay. Put it fast forward to 2023 Truckee. Oh, no. And all these, and then instead of BMX bikes or mopeds, they're on class three e-bikes that have all been hacked to do 40. <laughs> so they can evade the scene really quickly. Oh, it's insane. Like we've working downtown, I've seen it. We've all seen it now. Like there's, you know, a pack of them. They're anywhere from, you know, just one to two to three at a time to like 15 of them. They all wear black sweatshirts and they're really good at doing wheelies, (laughs) which I'm just, I've loved, like I just get my popcorn and watch it sometimes. (laughs) But uh, yeah, they just, they've been a menace to society in downtown Truckee and all over Truckee. They throw stuff. They've been throwing the apple, like we have all these apple trees in town and they, they're chucking apples at people chucking apples at cars yeah oh no and then that like people will get out of their car and try to confront them and then they just like pop a wheelie on their e-bike and go and then split in like 15 different directions so yeah those those and those things are fast 
like those black ones that look like yeah, the look, Super Seventy Three. Yeah, is whatever what they're called. those things are, they've got like the little seats that look like a. They look like an old moped. Yeah, like yeah, the yeah. Old Peugeot moped a big open seat. space in the middle of it with a, like a fuselage on the exactly. top. And a, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're all hacked to go super fast, and they just they're a menace to society. And so I think the town of Truckee was struggling with all of that. And everybody, well, what's a fifteen mile an hour speed limit going to do? I don't know. <laughs> they got they got to have police to enforce this stuff. You can't just pass an ordinance know. and then so they, think it's people are going to magically abide it so the, the, the thing that i'm confused on is does that mean that it's you can only ride your e-bike on trails at no faster than 15 miles an hour yeah you can't yeah you can't on I, any trail or just the paved bike just paths the or? paved bike paths in town so they can't they can't regulate on federal land right so like all the mountain bike trails like anything on federal land this doesn't fly this is all city of Truckee, municipality I think it's mostly for the legacy bike path, the paved path that goes through town out toward mm-hmm. Glenshire and over, you know, eventually we'll go to Tahoe. Um, but, you know, the thing that gets me, when I, I used to live in the Bay Area a long time ago. Um, and what, Do you feel that this is just that being forced upon Truckee? Well, the thing that, the thing that I have an issue with is when you pass, so on these, there were in Los Gatos, I lived in Campbell, which is like in the South Bay. Um, in Los Gatos, there were 15 mile an hour speed limits on the trails, right? So, and there'd be these dipshit rangers with radar guns and would radar you and then write you a ticket. I swear to God, it was like, that was the, for me, the last straw. I was like, I got to get out of this Did place. Did you ever get a ticket? No, but I got pulled over once and I was coming down the mountain, totally under control, right? And this ranger pops out of the trees out of nowhere in front of me. Now that's would cause an accident, right? He like, I'm, I'm, I see a clear path ahead of me. I'm going at a speed that's safe and reasonable given the conditions, which is what I told this idiot when he pulled me over. But he jumps out from behind a tree at the last minute. I have to slam on my brakes. I almost hit him. And, and he's like, do you know how fast you were going? And I'm like, and I told him, a safe and reasonable speed given the conditions. And he goes, you were going 20. And I'm like, okay. And he's like, the speed limit's 15. I'm like, all right, so what? And he's like, slow down. And I'm like, great. I hope you like your job. And I, <laughs> and so the thing is like... Barry Buzzkill. What, yeah, what really gets me is that you're going to pass an ordinance that, that says 15 mile an hour speed limit. But unless the, div, the contraption you're riding is equipped with a speedometer that's like... Right, like in a car, you have a 35 yeah. mile an hour speed limit and you are by law supposed to have a speedometer to tell you how fast you're going. Not all bikes have speedometers. So how do you know what 15 is? A lot of people don't know what 15 is. Like to me, 15 feels like I'm walking on a bike, right? Yeah. It's super slow. So it's just, it's stupid. It, and and the biggest thing is like, who's going to enforce it? Like the town of Truckee, they can't even get people to work at the post office. How are they going to get people to enforce yeah. a speeding ticket on a bicycle? <laughs> well, they also can't enforce that. They, there's no one really working the paid parking system downtown right now either. So you can park for free? Is that pretty, kind of the... Pretty much. Like, do pe- yeah. So if you roll the dice, you're probably not going to get a ticket. You didn't hear it here, but yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they haven't. I think they're a little understaffed. Well, they're, yeah, I mean, like the ag station we talked about earlier this year, it's just, there's not even anybody there anymore. They used to, they just would, they used to would wave at you. Now there's just no one there. You can just drive straight through the ag checkpoint on AIED and not even slow down. There's no one there. Yeah. 
So anyway, oh, yeah. Dude, don't speed on your e-bike and trucky. Don't speed on your e-bike and trucky or you might get a I, dude, ticket. So, I mean, that whole thing, it, it's all, it all should be based on education. Totally. I think that that's the solution to all of that is that we're, as someone who is an, a new owner of an e-bike finally this year, it's it's all sort of come to me this year and it's all very new, but just people need to use, use responsibly and be, get educated on what's safe and what's fair and what's good for those things. And if you have an e-bike that has a throttle and it isn't, and is a different class, like just use it wisely. Yeah. It's, 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 don't be a jackass. Well, it's kind of like going back to the Strava thing right? It's just be responsible and be thoughtful and mind the track, man. Like be, yeah, there you go. Right. Like yeah. put your mind in the track and be mindful of what you're doing when you're out there and don't be an idiot. Right. I, yeah. And I think tra- Truckee was sort of grappling too. There's so many people that are using those bikes now to commute, which is great. Yeah. They're perfect. They're, they're a great tool for getting around and getting people out of their cars is a good thing. But I think everybody needs to be sort of educated and the focus should be on education and not enforcement. Yeah. Yeah. I think. No, that's that's 100%. 100%, man. Education, not enforcement. And so when you see that ordinance passed, it's like, well, what did they do to educate the public, right? Like, was there anything that they tried to do to help yeah. educate people maybe to not go fat, like speed by someone at 30 miles an hour? Like, I don't know. I think there's just a general lack of, um, of consider, of, of, consideration for other people anymore it just seems like people just have lost all sense of manners and being neighborly and being decent human beings people have lost their mind since covid i feel like people have lost their friggin minds and they behave in public like complete idiots you're not the only one who's saying stuff like that no yeah (laughs) it's and and being seeing that observation i guess totally yeah Yeah. it's unfortunate i just think people have forgotten how to be nice to be civil i know yeah yeah it's unfortunate but you know maybe if they put their mind in the track more maybe if they listen to our my this is this is like the first super ranty episode i think we've done where we've got to look up a few curse words and you know (laughs) kind of ranting a little but you know i think that's what happens when you deal with tahoe sometimes on a daily basis is you get the tahoe jaded local right yeah it's it's that's a real thing yeah yeah well so i i do want to give a plug for um sky tavern uh they're coming up to their annual fundraiser the party in the sky fundraiser coming up on october 14th at 10 in the morning it's the day of the eclipse the solar eclipse october 14th saturday they're gonna be doing music food and expo and a raffle big raffle so be there and help support Sky Tavern. Um, I have a feeling there's going to be a lot of people there anyway, but I'm just going to put it out there cool. Good job. to the listeners, you know. Um, and uh, send of the week. You got any Sendy nominees for this week? Ooh. Any Sendy things that you saw? I'll give this one up to the boy up in Oregon, Stratton. I already shredded some pow. What? Yeah. Pow in September? Pow in September on a glacier in Oregon. It looks pretty fun. It looked it looked super low tide, but yeah. Oh my turns, god. Turns were made. Was he throwing snow? Could you see like I think so, snow yeah. being thrown? There was yeah. Wow. There was powder. 
What's his What's his Insta handle? His Insta handle is Cascade Connections. Oh, is this the guy that bikes to the ski everything? Bike, bike to everything. Oh, we got to get him on the show. I know. Yeah, we're, I'm trying to connect, make the connect connection on that one, but we need to go up north to do it. We're gonna yeah. have to go up to Bend, yeah, to to have a conversation with him. But yeah, that that one's on the radar. I'd love to have him on the show. But yeah, he's all summer long. He biked to work. He has a landscape com- company. That's a, I don't know if people know this, but a lot of a lot of powder obsessed obsessed shredders. It sounds like are super into gardening, <laughs> which is me and Stratton. Uh, but yeah, he has a gardening business up in Bend that he bikes he has like a whole trailer and he bikes to work Dude, takes his little amazing. garden trailer and does native landscaping and does water you know so he doesn't own a car no 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 i've got six vehicles i feel like a just a <laughs> but some of them are vintage and very cool they are they're very cool but i just feel like an idiot sometimes like yeah i got six vehicles but they all run and none of them are electric though none of them are electric nope no i'm not there yet I'm not there yet. Me neither. I'm keeping old cars on the road. That's my thing. Keeping old cars on the road. Although I did just buy, a, I needed a vehicle from this millennium because every vehicle I own is from the 1980s. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, that's true. I, I was driving 1980s vehicles and I'm like, I need it. I need something with airbags. I drive on Interstate 80 and it's so freaking dangerous anymore that I need something that if I get hit, I have a fighting chance of not dying, you know? When I'm in a 40-year-old Volkswagen, I'm, I'm pretty much going to be toast if I get hit by an SUV or a truck. So, yeah. You could just ride your bike everywhere like Stratton. I could, yeah. Then I'd be even more scared. Well, that's <laughs> that's my shout-out. How about you? What do you, what do you, um, what do you have on the docket for yes, the end of the week? So uh, uh, a week and a half ago was the Fox U.S. Open of mountain biking in Killington, Vermont. And uh, our two former two guests of ours, Amy Morrison and Marco Osborne, Mm. teammates, transition teammates, they went up to, they killed it in Killington. Uh, Amy won the enduro, and Marco got second. And yeah, he was, you know, he's Marco's been on the injury list, you know, a few times this season, so it's been kind of a, a, a interrupted season for him after he hit his head pretty hard at TDS, but he's back on the bike and crushing it and. I think, you know, in addition to getting second in enduro, he got 14th in the downhill. And that was a stacked field. Like Greg Minar, who's a multiple time, you know, world champion, got third. Hmm. And Marco was on his enduro bike and got 14th in the downhill. So big All ups right. to Amy and Marco for representing Tahoe and Truckee and Carson. Yeah, Carson Verdi. and Verdi. Yeah. Couple Carson Verdi core lords. Yep. Yep. Killing it in Killington. I Killing like it. it in Killington. Speaking of Sandy, are you, are you going to buy? Do you need any gear going into winter? I do. Yeah. Are I you going to buy anything? Um, you going to sell anything? I, I think I'm finally going to use my get on Sandy. Are you going to start using? Yeah, I've got, sell, some, you got I, some stuff. Well, I, I needed to. I need to sell some splitboard stuff. Yeah. And I just waited until this until now because now that the first snow f- flew, I'm ready to do it. So I'll report back on it. I'm finally going to go down that rabbit hole. Cool. Yeah, I've I been, really like what they're doing, and I like the app. I just, I just have been a little hesitant because I didn't want to sell it at the wrong time of year. But right. I'm going to jump on there and do it right, right now. I've got a couple things I need to sell. Yeah, you want to sell ski gear when it's snowing. Yep. You don't want to sell ski gear in the summer because nobody buys it. Yep. And you have to discount it. So yeah, that's that's pretty smart. I think I need a new pair of uh, resort skis, so I'm going to be on the lookout for something look. with just an alpine binding. You know. 
Uh, I already bought a backcountry set of last winter, so I'm good there. Look on Sunday. But yeah, for sure. Anything else that you got before we uh, call it a show? Uh, I think it's just a pro tip, maybe. I noticed that you were riding with a backpack today. Yes. You normally ride with a fanny pack. Yes. Why are you a fanny packer? Because, because I'm, a, I'm a backpacker. Yeah, because having a because I sweat a lot and uh, packs always just hog me out, and I feel like I have a midget trying to strangle me when I have a backpack on. All right, you know. So, uh, I uh, yeah, I I prefer to wear hip packs because it just allows my back to, you know, not collect as much sweat. Um, and these packs, these hip packs, man, they're like. I ride an Evoc pack and they're freaking awesome. You can put so much stuff in them. I, I mean, I'll go on a big ride and have everything that I need, like tools, uh, water, you know, you can get creative and jam some extra clothing in there. Like, um, and they're super comfortable. Yeah. Um, I wasn't sure yeah. if it was just a trend because I've, I've been a camelbacker forever. I was a camelbacker forever, but then when like hip packs started getting good, like I feel like that Evoc one I have is the first one that I've worn that is actually ergonomically hmm. supportive, right? It was engineered to carry weight. It has like an elastic type of or, or stretchy type of waistband with like a with like a um, like a thick foam pad between your back and the packs, and it and it's like it's uh it has like an air pocket so it breathes, you know, so it allows air to get in there, so you're not you know, and it doesn't bounce around. No. No, no, it's super secure. Huh. I've always liked the aspect of the Camelback to to protect my back. Yes, so on that like is a hard crash, and that thing sure. has saved me a couple yes, times for sure. So I have a Camelback. Uh, I can't remember uh, the name of it, but it's got like a subframe in it, huh. and it's got it's an integrated back brace basically. Um, that's super handy. Um, and I will wear that when I moto. So when I ride dirt bikes, I wear a pack because oh, on a sense. on a moto pack is not a big of, as big of a deal, right? It's when you're pedaling. Although I do, I probably sweat more riding a moto than I do riding a, a mountain bike, especially on like a ninety degree day with a little more clothing on. And oh yeah, you're wearing. Well, for me, I wear all the battle armor because I'm not good enough to not, to not, you yeah. know. So I got the you know the the chest protector and the arm protectors and all that stuff and full face helmet and dude, you just start. It, it on a anything warmer than 70 degrees you're sweating right but i still wear a pack when i ride a moto because i just it's a, like you said it's a layer of protection yeah that's I'm, sure. all, I'm all about that yeah and the pack too the other thing about the pack is that like you have a tendency to carry more stuff or you have a tendency to carry too much stuff because you have the room right when you have a hip pack you, you have a, it's kind of like you know the bigger house you live in the more crap you have right because you have to fill it yeah. and it's the same thing with a pack like you figure out how to minimize your kit so you don't have to carry as much stuff when you have the hip pack you have everything you need you just don't have more than what you need you know all right i like it i like to hear from some of our listeners on whether they're fanny packers or not <laughs> yeah totally well yeah we'll put that call out there like you know would you so, prefer to roll with a pack, a hip pack, or a backpack, and I'm why? St I'm still, I'm fully still camelback. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you probably are less, you know, dehydrated than me too, because you know, tend to not drink as much because I don't carry a bladder. So and like you stated you're a sweating pig. <laughs> I know. Yeah. No, I, I definitely have hydration <laughs> issues for sure. Yeah, I have to meter how hard I go because I don't drink, 
You know, I don't drink mm-hmm. enough and I sweat too much. So I'm always out finding that balance between being just barely enough hydrated and way too dehydrated. <laughs> I'm never overhydrated, that's for sure. Yeah. Cool. Well, I think that was the only thing I had. I was just curious because I, I, you you broke your ways today and we're in a you were brightly colored backpack so that we didn't get shot by some deer hunters. Yeah, my orange packs. It's it's hunting season, so I wear the orange gear because, you know, you want to be visible. You know something's up when you you leave the neighborhood here to go for a ride and there's and there's large bucks just taking naps in people's front yards. Yeah. Verdi's hilarious, man. All the bucks are in town right now, hanging out by the side of the road, just chilling. How many did we, I think we saw three. Saw three of them. And they're just, because they know all the hunters are out looking for them, so they just come into town and hang out for the season. Yeah, I, was like, I saw that, and then I saw your bright pack, and I was like, okay, good. We're safe. <laughs> Right well, good on. one, man. Happy fall, yeah. buddy. Happy fall. Here's to a lot more hero dirt and uh, yeah, the here's arrival. Here's to not yeah having summer be over just yet. No, it's it's only gonna, it's we're only getting going on the hero dirt and uh, and then we're gonna get some some peppers of uh, some peppering of white stuff and and we'll start turning the show a little bit to snow. Yes, it, yeah, we're gonna start. Is it time? Is it time? We've been avoiding it, but I think it's time to maybe have a couple guests on. Yeah, we've got some getting some stoke going, like you had said, like like movie season. Yeah, you know, get some people fired up for some winter episodes. That could actually be a good episode. We should watch some ski films and then uh, report back on them, or maybe Uh, have somebody on the show who's especially since I've never really been into that. Yeah, I'd be. I think that'd be a good kind of uh, primer for people who maybe aren't as into it as others. But the other thing that we're going to do is probably in early November, we're going to have Brian Allegretto on the show. Oh, Brian yeah, that's right. I'm excited for that one. Has the, uh, the Tahoe open snow forecast. He's like the weather nerd in Tahoe. He knows everything about weather and I read his forecasts all the time. And everybody reads his forecast. Yeah. Yeah. He's, 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 uh, and he's good. The guy's on it. I mean, he's, yeah. he is way more accurate than national weather service. I think, and so it'll he be hasn't cool. really made a statement yet about the super El Nino. I'd be curious to see what he thinks about the super El Nino. We're going to ask him, we're going to ask him a lot of questions, including Honga Tonga and what his thoughts on Honga Tonga yeah, are. There you go. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to that. Episode. Yeah, I'm looking forward to talking to him too, about how even his forecasting has sort of changed the scope of skiing in Tahoe. Yeah, totally. In certain ways. Yep. Because everybody knows when it's going to snow now. Right. Exactly. Yep. Yeah, well, there you have it. Episode 21. Thanks, Powbot. Thanks, buddy. Yeah. Thank, and thanks for the backyard tour today. It was cool to get to see some trails in Verde. You bet. I, I hadn't been on yet. Yeah, we'll show you some more next time. Cool. All right, folks. Well, thanks again for listening to episode number 21 of Mind the Track with Powbot and Trail Whisper, the fall episode. Until next time, get out there, get some of that brown pal. And put your mind in the track. Mm-hmm.